0: So Leah's presentation is first and I'm just going to uh, give a very sh- short introduction. So Leah Clements is an artist based in London. Her practice is concerned with emotional experiences, the relationship between the psychological and the physical and instances of self-loss into other people or worlds. During Leah's residency at Wising, she has invited collaborators Rebecca Bly, Yuma Breakdown, Eleanor Coleman, Alice Hattrick and Lizzie Rose to form a new network of art practitioners who identify as CRIP, disabled, or otherwise non-conforming to standard ideas of good health. So we'll hear from, from Leah now. Yep. Um, hello. Um, so yeah, as John said, um, later this year I'm going to be in residence here at Wising to work on a project based around Crippness and sickness. Um, so CRIP is a term that um, maybe not everyone mm. here will be familiar well. with. Um, It describes a necessarily political position on illness and disability. Uh, Kripner subscribes to the social model of disability which states that disability is caused by the way society is organised rather than by a person's impairment or difference. It looks at ways of removing barriers that restrict life choices for disabled people. Um, So an example I'd give is um, humans invented stairs for non-wheelchair users. So the wheelchair user is disabled by the system of stairs uh, because it wasn't built for them, not by the fact they can't walk. Uh, Crip theory owes much to queer theory, taking its basis of flowiness and applying it to identities forged in sickness and unhealth. This includes disability, chronic illness, mental illness, and more. Um, So I began my investigation into Cripness and what this identity could offer me after being diagnosed with the chronic illness ME a few years ago. Since then I've been in and out of hospital tests and appointments, including two 24-hour tests for narcolepsy and um, being diagnosed with three separate anxiety disorders by a psychiatrist. Um, My health and its treatment fluctuates, which is the case for many with chronic illnesses. While I've been processing this, I've felt unable and also unwilling to separate it from my practice. And so I started to look for critical approaches to illness within an art context. I read Park MacArthur's text, Sort of Like a Hug, Notes on Collectivity, Conviviality and Care, and Joanna Hedford's essay, Sick Woman Theory, and I began to feel that there was already a framework and a community in place for me. I got in touch with The Canaries, who are a collective of people with autoimmune disorders and other chronic illnesses, uh, and they're mostly all working in art in some way, who who support each other through experience and knowledge sharing. Um, And the group's co-founded by Jesse Cohen, uh, Bonnie Suencionis, and um, also Carolyn Lazard, whose film Get Better Soon is in the studio in this exhibition. and her text how to be a person in the age of autoimmunity is in the zines. Um, I became a member of the Canaries and joined the conversation and I began to feel among my own. Most of this though was happening in the US and I wanted this community near me. Um, Brick Crips exists already of course um, and organizations like Shape Arts are doing really amazing things to combat ableism and there's a really rich soil to build on here. Uh, The disability arts movement in the 80s and 90s led sustained cultural and political production and activity, helping push towards disability rights legislation in 1995. Work by Tony Heaton, Alison Lomas, Tanya Raab, and many more, and phrases and slogans like the block telethon protest Piss on Pity and Matt Fraser's Survival of the Shittest are still relevant today. Looking around me though, I felt that my community of Crips, in my peer group and my generation, was already there, but just not quite formed. I wanted to connect all the people I'd spoken to individually here in the UK, who were thinking about this and living it, but not living it quite communally. I applied to Wising's open residency call with a project to found a network of art practitioners who identify as Crip, disabled or otherwise non-conforming to standard ideas of good health using the basis of crip theory as a foundation for a community of people who exist outside a societally accepted idea of wellness. I propose to invite five art practitioners who identify as sick, crip or disabled to join me at the farmhouse, just over there, (laughs) here at Wising, to talk about and research and develop some practical changes we could make, as well as a critical language that feels right for us and our new community. The reorganisation of Wising's residency application structure to make it as open and free as possible for the applicants to define for themselves meant there was a feeling of flexibility that would work particularly well for a group of Crips. The group is writer Rebecca Bly, artist and writer Uma Breakdown, artist Elena Coleman, writer Alice Hattrick and artist Lizzie Rose. Uh, Once I put everyone in touch uh, recently, we found we had so much to say and share that we decided to meet up regularly in the lead up to the residency in October um, because straight away the group already felt like an active thing. Um, We've been meeting once a month with half the group together in real life and the other half online to catch up and talk about personal experiences, talk about a relevant text per month as a kind of reading group and we've also just started looking um, at a relevant artwork per month as well. So we've begun our work. Um, <clears throat> a Crips face many barriers to work, social life, day-to-day living and political participation. For many of us who sometimes or often can't leave the house or even the sofa or the bed, Joanna Hedberg's sick woman theory that I mentioned before which gave me one of those first revelatory moments on my Crip position, offers a framework for rethinking this participation. In it, they reassess the Arendtian model of politics as any action that's performed in public from the perspective of someone who cannot get their body in the street. They describe a period of illness in 2014 when Black Lives Matter marches passed through their neighborhood as they held up a sick fist in the air in solidarity. They write, I started to think about what modes of protest are afforded to sick people. It seemed to me that many for whom Black Lives Matter is especially in service, might not be able to be present for the marches because they were imprisoned by a job, the threat of being fired from their job if they marched, or literal incarceration, and of course the threat of violence and police brutality, but also because of illness or disability, or because they were caring for someone with an illness or disability. I thought of all the other invisible bodies with their fists up, tucked away and out of sight. They ask, how do you throw a brick through the window of a bank if you can't get out of bed? And they restate the feminist mantra, the personal is political, through the lens of going on to say, sick woman theory is an insistence that most modes of political protest are internalised, lived, embodied, suffering and no doubt invisible. The most anti-capitalist protest is to care for another, and to care for yourself. To take on the historically feminised and therefore invisible practice of nursing, nurturing, caring. To take seriously each other's vulnerability and fragility and precarity, and to support it, honour it, empower it. To protect each other, to enact and practice community, a radical kinship, an interdependent sociality, a politics of care. When we're here in October, we plan to spend time with all of us physically together, living in the same space and working out what our individual needs are for ourselves and from an arts organisation like Wising. Beginning a new community now as six of us, we plan to found and put in place a way of communicating with others in this position (coughs) and for this network to expand. We'll invite some key people to the farmhouse to talk about the practicalities, politics and criticalities of sickness and crippness. People who have experience of accommodating specific needs of art workers and people who have found ways to work in the art world as sick crips. Um, I think some of the things we'll be talking about will be crip time, so um, doing things slower in an obviously time pressured social and work context, uh, particularly in the art world, Um, asking for access for less visible or commonly understood needs. um, So Alone time, having alone time and space and um, needing to lie down have come up as really big ones in our discussion so far. So how can you nap in a gallery that you're working in, for example? Um, Cure and anti-cure politics. And um, the temptation to keep invisible illness invisible for fear of discrimination and to read or come off as well for those who can. We will carry out a workshop to publicly talk about CRIP issues, to share some of what we're thinking about and to hear from other people. We plan to establish a consultancy for arts organisations to engage with in order to better accommodate the access needs of the artists, writers and other practitioners they work with and find ways of professionally and clearly defining our own individual specific requirements when entering into working relationships. And importantly, we will spend time sleeping, napping, crashing and decompressing. Something Rebecca Bly said in our group email chain has really stuck with me. She said, it's so nice to be able to say we about something which is ongoing in my life and has been very solitary lately. I think this articulates the importance of bringing sickness and cripness out onto platforms like this one. Perhaps we can move from privately coping or not coping to being able to identify as collective, support each other, and find ways to engage in art and our work as crip and plural, rather than individually constantly trying to fit existing standards. I can't and don't want to separate my illness and cripness from my practice, because it forms the conditions and process I make my work in and through. Crip is a necessarily political position and it is a necessarily collective position. Our crippness affects the ways we partake and don't partake in a wider socioeconomic structure, through the consumption of medication, through the withdrawal of labour, through our unattendance of events and how many of us there are. We plan to keep talking and maybe writing towards building on what already exists to further develop a critical language around criptness and sickness. I want this language to become more familiar and I want thinking from a crip position to become a habit for anyone thinking practically and critically about art. Um, I'm thankful to Lotter and John and everyone at Wising for has- asking me to begin this conversation today ahead of the residency in October and I hope this conversation can continue beyond the residency and expand outwards to all the crips in their sick beds. Thank you. Thank you.